Hey there, horror movie tea sippers. The following podcast episode will contain spoilers for the movie we are about to review. If you have not seen the movie and do not wish to have anything ruined prematurely, please do not continue to watch or listen until you have seen the movie. And welcome to the Horror Movie Tea Podcast. Today, we are covering for the first week of Halloween, or October, uh, The Bride of Frankenstein, the original from 1935. <laughs> and as you can see, we have Keith again on our episode, and we thought he would be Hang a on. great start for October. <laughs> so Happy, happy Halloween. Yes. The, the whole <laughs> month of October. hot for Halloween, yeah. I have to say, but. Yes, the I mean it's like we love Halloween so much that we have to make it for the entire year. Like of course. <laughs> uh, but before we go into the review, let's grab our cups and talk about tea. So I will go ahead and let Keith start us off. What tea are you drinking today? Okay, so my tea today, it's actually the same brand as the last time I was with you, but that's coincidence. I mean, other <laughs> brands are available. Um, but it's, it's the Good Earth brand from California, but this time a different flavour. This time it's pear and elderflower, Ooh. Um, mm. which is a white tea. And yeah, and I'm drinking it in my horror movie tea. Oh, oh. So, well, plug you. for you. Come <laughs> buy the merch. But yeah, I recommend How it. How do you like it? I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Oh, good. Where's the mug's great you, and the tea's great. So. <laughs> Thank awesome. you. Yes, we're so honored. But the tea I'm drinking is by Plum Deluxe. It's the strawberry honeysuckle black tea. It has black tea, strawberry pieces, raspberry leaf, calendula, and honeysuckle essence. I am drinking Bigelow's Mint Medley Herbal Tea, caffeine-free and all-natural. It has peppermint leaves, spearmint leaves, rosehip, lemon peel, and hibiscus. You've been liking and, the mint teas lately. Yes. And I am drinking it out of our I'm going to kill you at some point mug. <laughs> uh, Which I will buy at some point. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> but thank you as always to Plum Deluxe for allowing us to continue to do what we love. And for our lovely tea sippers out there, brew yourself a cup of tea, sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy the review. So for the summary of The Bride of Frankenstein, it's pretty straightforward. It literally starts right after the, the first movie. And essentially, Dr. Frankenstein is goaded by an even madder scientist wanting to build Frankenstein's monster a mate. And so, yep, that's that's all there is to it. <laughs> <laughs> so far, I can never make summary. it. Yeah, it's like I can never make it sound. I would have rambled on, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's like we like to keep the summary brief because I think the at least for this movie, I think a lot of people know. I mean, the title of the movie quite famous. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. <laughs> they're all in the way. Yeah, it's been around a minute. I'm pretty sure people know what happened. <laughs> yeah, it's almost a hundred years old. <laughs> Yeah. Which is crazy to think about. Like, crazy. dang. 
So for entertainment, I would give this a 6.5 with the possibility of it being raised. But I had never seen this movie before. And it definitely like this movie makes me want to like seek out the classics. Like it's a great movie. I love the atmosphere to it. Uh, The monster actually genuinely looks scary. Like the makeup that they used was pretty fantastic. And apparently there's a potential symbolism where the director apparently was homosexual. And it's thought that, you know, not not just about the monster, like the contrast of the monster actually being more of the good guy and then the townspeople that are trying to hurt the monster being the actual monsters in the film. The theory is that it might be a representation of homophobia, where like the the monster is maybe representing homosexuality and people at that time outwardly trying to prevent it and stuff like that. And it's like, I... I can see it, but I don't know if I can definitively say, oh, that's definitely the symbolism. Because it's like, in this type of situation, I think many people can identify being in a situation where they are socially not accepted uh, for who they are. But I will say, though, there are a few things that I thought was a little strange, and it could be because the movie length itself isn't that long so maybe they didn't have enough time to build it up but it's like it's right after the tragedy and frankenstein is over here like i'm never going to be like doing these experiments again and then very shortly after the crazier scientist goes up to him and be like you know what if we get you know your monster a mate and he immediately is just like Yes. (laughs) This immediately jumps on board. But I will say I absolutely love the moment with the monster and the the blind man. Like, that is such a good scene. Like, I had watched uh, Young Frankenstein and... I had no idea that they were actually taking scenes from The Bride of Frankenstein. And so as the like we immediately recognized that scene. We're like, oh my god, yes. it's a scene from Young Frankenstein. But that whole scene though is actually like very touching and yet very sad, but it's also heartwarming. Like it's a whole mixture of emotions. But I'm definitely very glad that I saw this movie. I will probably watch it again. And it's kind of opened the doors for me wanting to watch more of the the old classics. Very nice. Okay, well, I didn't know about the um, homosexual angle, so that's interesting. That's not something I'd heard, but definitely see there's themes like that in this movie. So this was a rewatch for me, so I think that's why my score is a bit higher. I like this film a lot. I think if you're just talking like, really great sequels i think it's one of the best sequels maybe ever that classic thing of take the premise of the original the first film and just run with it and sort of you can tell it's a frankenstein sequel but it also does its own thing at times as well so for entertainment i give it an 8.5 so i think the only thing that stops me from going a bit higher is i think some of the stereotypes got a bit much at times 
you know, like the sort of gypsy stereotype and mm. just some of the hysteria with certain characters around the village. And you didn't like the hysterical running? <laughs> that was no, so no. funny. <laughs> we laughed so hard. We laughed the, so hard at that. Oh, yeah, and, and the old bag. I mean, she she was entertaining. <laughs> um, I think the best bit with her was when she, like when they had him like bound up and they went into that like sour bit. She was shouting through like the window, and like yes. the guard is like, you know, shut, you know, go away. And she's like, mind your own business. And it's like, well, you're the one interfering in his business. Yes. But, yeah. Yeah. She was an entertaining character, and I think every town square has one—the sort of hysterical, sort of gossip type thing. So, although it was a little bit of a cliche, I think she was entertaining as well, and I can definitely see how there are characters like that. But oh, I think in general, just things like that maybe drag like stops it from being a total like nine out of ten sort of film. Also, maybe I agree with some of what Alyssa said maybe partly because it was a short film things were sped up a bit too fast I think actually although I really like that scene as well with the old guy the the blind person that that was very moving I mean seem the bit where the creature actually cried when he was in his arms I mean that that was really moving stuff it's yeah like finally he's found acceptance or thing yeah, no, I think maybe that part of the film could have been a little bit longer because then you might have got a bit more sense of what he had taught him and you might have believed it a bit more. But I, I did like actually how when he went back out in the world, how you saw what he had learned sort of thing. You know, you, mm-hmm. you sort of saw him, how he was then, you know, had the fix of drinking wine. So I have to say, good, good taste. <laughs> Monster, but yeah but hell yeah he, he actually learned and took that out in the world but but yeah I mean also this film it's just really different which I like about it I actually really like the opening where you have the storyteller and Mary Shelley like because that's actually the opening of the film and it's almost like an early form of being quite meta where she's talking to the audience Mm-hmm. And she's sort of saying things like, I don't just want to tell the same old story again. I want to actually do something a bit different. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for a film this far back to, to actually start with a scene like that, I thought was really interesting. And mm-hmm. and as well as it being a good horror movie, you know, good use of like shadows and gothic and, yeah, for the time, especially good makeup effects. It did do a lot with the story. It made it a very sort of human story. Yeah. And yeah, as part of the sci-fi <laughs> movie as well as a horror, it went back to the theme of hubris sort of thing. You know, the um, when they built his sort of, what they saw as his ideal sort of mate in a way. And I, it's almost like that, that other crazy doctor, he tried to justify it as saying, you've got this maniac roaming the countryside so it's sort of like if we get if i create the perfect female for him that'll solve that problem but it's almost like that's the way he justified it but really he was just it was his ego that he just wanted to create for Mm -hmm. the sake of creating just because he could and 
lo and behold, it, it doesn't quite work out that easily. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting film. It's a really moving film at times. It's obviously an entertaining. There's some good campy moments as well. Campy moments. And Boris Carlos is, Carlos is so good in it. Um, like the physical like performance. It's like, I think you literally believe he is like literally half sort of human, half, you know, sort of like creature type thing. That, yeah. that's sort of the way he acts in the movie type thing so yeah he manages to be like menacing but also bring a bit of heart to the role as well so it's, it's a really good sequel I think yeah I definitely agree that as far as like sequels go following up a, a very solid movie it's definitely one of the best you don't get very good many sequels that are as solid as this for sure not many. I feel like Aliens kind of beats it out a little. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. I love it probably that probably does, <laughs> but I sort of feel like maybe Aliens gets its due anyway, whereas maybe this film doesn't. Yeah, this one ways. definitely doesn't get near enough credit. No. And obviously it's also worth saying this created the trend of the Bride of sort of film. Yes. Well. Definitely. Yeah, there would be no Bride of Chucky without Bride of Frankenstein sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. so, so many other movies. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I personally give it a six with the potential of going higher. This was also a first watch for me. I, I had some questions with the realism, which always brings my, my entertainment score down a little because it just takes me out of the immersion a little bit but the effects were amazing the acting was great it was very very entertaining to watch i will definitely watch it again it does feel a bit more like a tragedy at times than a horror movie but they still bring that horror element to it with his acting and and his look so i really appreciated that it was a a movie full of heart i feel like yeah. So they, they did a really, really good job with it. That scene with the blind man was just... Uh. Yeah. Okay. Whenever I was watching it with you, I saw you tearing up. Like, you were just completely <laughs> so engrossed sweet. in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> it was so sweet. He just completely accepted him. And the poor blind guy just wanted someone to talk to. He yeah. just wanted a companion. And someone to not be alone with. Yeah. <laughs> and the the creature felt so alone and ostracized by everyone. Everyone was terrified of him until this one guy was like, a friend, <laughs> please come in. I have food for you. I have drink. We can talk. You can, you'll be safe here. You can stay as long as you want. <laughs> And, so and he just finally found almost a home. Yeah, like it, yeah. it kind of reminds me of the situations where it's like you have two outcasts in society, but whenever they meet, they end up seeing the person that they are. Yes. Like the the blind man, even though he you know literally couldn't see, is that like you could also take it as he he could see past the fact that it was a monster and just saw the human 
that he he truly was. Yeah, and even when the the other villagers came for him, he tried to defend them saying he's my friend. He won't hurt you. Like there's nothing wrong with him. Yeah. He's been nothing but kind to me. Don't hurt him. Yeah. And the creature is in the movie is only ever really violent when fear and violence are shown to him first. Yeah. Because there are yeah. times when he tries to help, but when the other person starts screaming <laughs> or displaying more violent behavior towards him, then he he turns and is like, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. If you want me to be a monster, I'll be a monster. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was very sad and you just really root for the creature, mm-hmm. to be perfectly yeah. honest. The the other people made themselves out to be kind of the villains or the monsters mm-hmm. in that aspect. Mm-hmm. And the the creature was just it was so sad to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I really did enjoy this movie. Um it did give me some pet cemetery vibes, especially towards the end. Mm. When okay. he he kept saying, like, we should have stayed dead or we should be dead. Yeah. It really reminded me of Pet Cemetery. Sometimes dead is better. Well, I think it yeah. plays, should have left well enough alone. I think it plays on mm. similar themes because it's like mm-hmm. with Frankenstein, you know, on the one hand, you have the dynamic on like, how far should we push science? But then on the other hand, it's like, you know, it's dealing with our own mortality and be like, well, if we could live forever, you know, should we? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it's kind of one of those dual theme type of movies where yeah. it can, it covers different like human fears and questions and things like that. And ethics. <laughs> yes. Another thing which I thought was quite good about the stuff with, with the old man was, and it was actually a more positive representation of religion because he was like religious mm-hmm. and mm. A lot of times in films that can be quite negative and stereotypical and it just seemed like whether you're a believer or not, like what that old, what the old man stood for was just basic like human decency really. Mm -hmm. And that it's almost like regardless, it it felt like he wasn't someone, like even if the person he takes in is non-religious, I got the impression he wouldn't judge that person. So it was just that poor human value of we should help those who need it, you know, those less fortunate. Absolutely. I thought it was quite nice to see that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's like instead Uh, of him representing religion necessarily, it's just him representing goodness and kindness. Yeah. Yeah. I did also take off a little bit from the entertainment scale for the fact that the bride was in there for all of five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's called The Bride of Frankenstein, and she was in there for the last <laughs> five minutes. That of was the pretty movie. surprising. <laughs> yeah. It was a great movie, and I loved it, but <laughs> let's get to the the one that the movie is named for, shall we? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's maybe where, again, it could have been a bit longer and would have benefited it. Because you almost had the two halves where they had to balance it out and have 
you know, at least half of it with him out. Because obviously it follows on from the last movie. But yeah, like you said, you, you would think you would give at least half the movie to... The, at least the build-up, because I guess yeah. a lot of it was the build-up. And I did enjoy the build-up, you know, all the sparks flying and stuff. And mm-hmm. Even though I'm sure the, the science of it is total BS. Uh, it, it sort of at least felt like <laughs> entertaining, engaging science when they were going through it. So movie science it sort of works mm-hmm. even though it's i'm sure it's total bs in reality <laughs> but um movie's got a movie movie's got a movie but <laughs> yeah I, I wonder if like the stuff with making it the bride of frankenstein like maybe there's partly a meta thing there where it's like just saying so used to like these narratives being dominated by male figures so we're gonna even that up a little bit and introduce like a female and actually make her the name of the film but yeah so maybe if it was a later film obviously they probably would have given more time to that character but yeah it's like they they almost needed a movie in between where it's like you know the monster is going around you know, meets the blind man and realizes he can be accepted. That is a possible thing. And then him yearning for whether it be a mate or a friend or whatever, and then have a movie that's focused on the bride or whatever. I don't know. The creation. Yeah. 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 We did also look up the original story just to get some more background on it. I am a little surprised that they didn't go a little closer to the original story. There wasn't a second scientist in the original story, apparently. The the creature actually came to Frankenstein and was like, mm. if you create someone for me, someone else of my kind, um, specifically a woman, but someone else of my kind, mm. then... I will leave with them and you'll never hear from me again. So like the the violence and chaos will end if you create a friend for me. And Frankenstein was very concerned that if he did create a woman for him that they would repopulate <laughs> <laughs> and there would be a bunch of monsters roaming the area <laughs> and it would be a bigger problem. So he struggled. He initially had agreed just to end the the violence that was ensuing from the original okay. creation of the creature. But then he ended up backing out of his deal with the creature and not creating a second one. And the creature ended up, he, he said, fine, I'll be there on your wedding night. And ended up killing frankenstein's bride on their wedding night Mm -hmm. okay i feel it's like i i think for the name of the bride of frankenstein that definitely that story makes more sense but that's why i feel like the the homophobia symbolism matches so well because if if you're thinking why they changed up the story Mm -hmm. it would makes it makes the most sense that they were trying to convey some sort of other message because it's like I hear that and I hear, you know, 
a story of loneliness, seeking friendship, but also revenge. Well, this one is more like he was ostracized, seeking friendship, and it was the the townspeople that were more like the the evil entity. So it just kind of gives a different mood towards the monster. It does. So knowing that, it makes more sense why they changed it. I just kind of wish we had gotten mm-hmm. that original story. I know it would have painted the creature in more of a negative light, but it would have been mm. a bit more of a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe because at this point in like film history, like quite brave enough to go with a full blown that sort of message, maybe. Mm. Like maybe it's just enough then you can pick these themes out of it and that it's there, but mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been certainly a different movie. Like, it probably would have had to have been a longer movie if they did that story. Probably. I think that's one of the balances of adapting. Most likely. They were there for the longest time afraid to make a movie too long. They felt like the audience didn't have the attention span. Yeah. In recent years, we've obviously proved that a lie. (laughs) Hey, I like those four hour (laughs) movies, they lose me pretty quick. It depends on the movie, though. Like, they have it to do it really on the well. Movie. Um, <laughs> but I can think of a couple examples. One of them being, like, the Lord of the Rings mm. movies. I, I will happily sit there <laughs> the oh. entire time. You Nobody know, bug me. I am invested <laughs> in okay. this. My biggest memory <laughs> with that movie is seeing it in theaters okay. and feeling like I had to go to the bathroom, like, four or five times during the movie but it's like i couldn't just sit through the rest i'm like oh my god i'm gonna die (laughs) so that's all i remember is seeing it in theaters and just remembering that felt like i was going to the bathroom like so many times during the movie no 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 no. our family planned for this we didn't drink much for that you know the beginning part of the day and we got just a like a medium kind of drink <laughs> and we yourself were for a movie. basically and we, we just sipped on it throughout the movie we didn't have like big drinks or anything because we knew how long this movie was gonna be it's a good time i, I get that uh, but we for a minute gonna... i thought <laughs> for a minute i thought jess was gonna say she wanted those movies to be longer which was a bit scary but you know i would have been I fine if they made it like a tv right. series so they could stretch it out and have a bit more sure. in it about. but but the movies were good the books make a bit more sense i'm starting to to read it I couldn't really get into it before, but now that okay. I've seen them so many times, I just love it. And I'm starting to to read them and okay. get into them. The books definitely make more sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first movie, especially mm. Fellowship of the Ring, feels a little bit rushed. But movie's got really? a movie. Even <laughs> yes. at three hours? Yes. Those and those and it's mostly at the beginning. Awful. And it's because yeah. I always questioned why Bilbo had the ring for decades and was perfectly fine. And then Frodo gets it and immediately starts to turn. Yeah. And have issues yeah. with it. So they explain it a lot better in the book. Yeah, they planned for <laughs> There's a, while. a lot more time well, in between when he gets the uh, ring and I'm when not, they leave. I'm not sure I can be bothered with those <laughs> books. I think the films were fine. 
See, <laughs> those books. I just imagine there's a whole chapter about Gandalf's beard, basically. <laughs> yeah, like, like <laughs> I, I might. No, but there's a lot of singing. <laughs> I might. Yeah, I might have some hate comments, but I have the <laughs> the hardest time reading the lord of the ring books like they're just so slow and boring because he's like going into the linguistics i'm just like i don't care like i i applaud you for you know being a professor in you know that subject and obviously you have a lot of knowledge but please can we stick to the story so i actually had to listen to the the audiobooks and the audiobooks made it so much more palatable <laughs> yeah i'm i'm actually listening to the audiobook again okay. there's a lot of singing a lot more than I expected, but um, we're, but it's it's a good a, story so far. We're digressing a I'll, bit. I'll yes, we are. One yeah, well, I was going to say <laughs> this, this is the deleted scene. You'll have to cut this out and make it a bonus, like on the DVD. <laughs> totally fine. Or just um, put in the title in brackets: "Extra Lord of the Rings." <laughs> Something. Like bonus content. <laughs> yeah. Bonus content. Yeah. <laughs> Lord uh, of the Rings talk. So that's what I had for entertainment though for Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, I just love the idea of someone putting this review on at the point where we're talking about Lord of the Rings and being just perplexed. Did I click on the wrong video? <laughs> So for, uh, I'm going to go ahead and kick us off on realism. <laughs> so for realism, I would give this a two. Like the whole situation with the townspeople trying to attack the monster and then the whole like human connection of like wanting to be accepted, wanting a friend, things like that. Obviously, those are very realistic and it, it adds a lot of depth to the movie. But the the thing that very much took me out in the immersion, and I mean, this is, to, to be fair, this is pretty common with a lot of older movies. But the acting, especially like the townsfolk, is just like way over the top. Like so over the top. That's just like ridiculous. And it just makes it more like, funny like the the one woman like running hysterically <laughs> screaming <I love> it. <laughs> Alyssa missed that the first time I had to back it up so she could see you it you see that. <laughs> and then you know there and then there's also odd choices like instead of Victor Frankenstein it's Henry Frankenstein which was kind yeah. of a, a weird change but they're like oh you know he's dead but then they're like so surprised that he can't that he woke up. It's like you don't see them check a pulse. You don't really see them attempting to verify that he is dead. They just assume, oh, he's he's not responding. He must he be moving, dead. He did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, at that that period of time, they sh they would have known that a pulse is like Something that you can check to verify whether or not a person... Check if he's breathing. Yeah. Yeah, because I think if I remember right, and I could be wrong, but I think a pulse was something that they would typically check. But, you know, if you are in a coma or unconscious to a point, you, it can be a little bit more difficult to 
find a pulse. And so that's where you come with the fear of people being buried alive because they're like, oh, we can't feel a pulse, so they must be dead. And then they go ahead and bury them. And yeah, unpleasant for that person to, to deal with. Um, yeah. But, uh, and then of course, the, the possibility of mixing body not only mixing body parts but also bringing someone back from the dead it's like first the mixing the body parts you know we know about blood types now we know that even if a a blood type matches your body knows that there is something wrong that there's some sort of foreign object which is why um, people that have organ transplants have to take drugs to keep their bodies from you know, attacking that new organ. So it's like that, that in and of itself just wouldn't work. And then secondly, of course, just bringing someone back from the dead. It's like, we now know that after a certain point, your brain, you know, you go through a process where it's practically, I mean, it's, I mean, maybe sometime in the distant future, we might be able to bring someone back if we you know, preserve them after, after, right after death or whatever. But at least right now with our current technology, I, there's, there's no way that that's going to happen. So, but yeah, Mm. I guess you could also say the, the fact that, you know, you, would you really want to bring someone back from the dead? Because especially like what happens with the monster, I mean, this goes back to, you know, if you should versus, like, if you could. But it's like, the the monster obviously was miserable, not just because the townspeople were, you know, trying to attack him, but also he looked in at his reflection and he did not recognize himself. You know, it's like, it would be terrifying for your brain to be put in a different body and you wake up and you're like, I have no idea who I am. Like the perception of myself does not match my body. Like that's just a terrifying thought, which can technically lead to some, some current things that we're, we're dealing with in our, our society with their. Yeah. So yeah, that's my take. It's like some realistic things, but a lot of just the over the topness and things like that. I'm like, and the science, I'm like, nope, nope, not going to happen. But yeah, okay, I'll go a little bit higher, but but not much higher. I'll go three for realism. So the sort of like basic reactions around the town, I can believe. I can believe that even nowadays. I mean, nowadays maybe even more so because of the way media whips it up. But then maybe it, it would happen that way definitely exaggerated and it was mm-hmm. like to the point where that one seemed to be stopping them thinking but obviously especially if you're saying it's a story from that far back I can sort of believe that so the reactions although definitely heightened and quite cartoony I think the actual hysteria <laughs> I-, I can believe would sort of happen and I mean that old woman, I mean, one one other thing to say about her is, uh, as I said before, I think it's just the sort of character every town sort of has. And yeah. So one thing that I give it for realism on her is the fact that they did just dismiss her. as and Obviously, it turned out she was telling the truth, but it's almost that thing of, I can imagine she's the sort of character who cries wolf all the time. 
and comes up with these things all the time. And I don't know, that just reminds me a bit of like like small towns and like maybe people who, who are like regular drunks or people who <laughs> <laughs> don't have a lot gossip. of life. Yeah, gossip type. So it's almost like she's like an early version of like a town sort of gossip. So yeah, the fact that they just dismissed her as like shut up your old bag sort of thing. It's like <laughs> I can sort of see why they would really. So so that actually rang quite true. So yeah, I mean a lot of the science I think is what I would call like quasi science. You know, it's almost like shortcut for science a movie sort of shortcut which mm-hmm. sort of sounds quite engaging sounds quite ex- exciting but if you pick it apart it's obviously like nonsense so there's there's a lot of practical issues i don't know what you guys thought about the scene with like the characters in the glass cases oh that, yeah that was yes that was, weird. that was really random wasn't it yeah, yeah. it was extremely random <laughs> it's like Okay, different movie now at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that I was going to. <laughs> yeah, I completely okay, forgot so. about that. <laughs> yeah, because it's like I know yeah. like in this current day and age, we've been able to essentially put the, the formula for life in like a lab and isolate it and be like, oh, yeah, there's there is life spawning. But it's like single celled organisms. It's not like many people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I quite enjoyed that scene just because of how goofy it was, but it was like, yeah, no way. And it was almost just the scene, I think, just for him to show what he could do to the other scientists. It was like, well, I can do this and sort of here's the proof, look at my work sort of thing. It was almost that sort of scene, I think, mm-hmm. but yeah. Because so, when I rewatched it, because I'd seen it before and that scene started, I thought, oh yeah, this scene. I forgot this scene happened. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> but yeah, no, I think there was a lot of like, as I said, quasi sort of science. I think, although, as I said, like Boris Karloff is so good in it, some of the action scenes look very sort of like fake and phony, you know, a lot of. You know, him going over a cliff or him throwing people over a cliff or just... <laughs> the ragdoll that he threw yeah, the over the side of yeah. the castle, yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's just a product of its time. It's yeah. like, it's a bit like the 60s Star Trek show where they have those fights where it's like, no one has ever fought like this in their life. Or <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if you're enjoying the show and stuff, you just give it a pass, really. But yeah, I thought at times some of those scenes took me a bit out of the realism. So a lot of it, when I was following like Monster and stuff, I was into what was happening with his character and the general like premise. But yeah, the fight scene took me out of it, as did some of, as I said, like some of the supporting characters. I agree. It's almost like they cast a few good actors and then the rest standard of acting after that wasn't very good. Yeah. Pull them I, off the street, anyone available? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't couldn't really give two craps about, you know, the romantic plot, you know, the guy and his newlywed. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. sort of belongs in a different movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it sort of made me wonder if they were trying to make them into like 
pathetic, but it's just, mm. it was just done in a very sort of cheesy, soapy sort of way. So, yeah, that, that's where I fall on. So I'm going to take it one step lower than Alyssa. I knew one. it. I knew it. Nothing can please you anymore. <laughs> it's just wrong. The The interactions between the different people, while some are a little heightened, are fairly accurate. And I can see a lot of those happening. But everything else is kind of a no for me <laughs> the science behind it is just completely far-fetched we don't we didn't until recently have the technology to transplant a head and it be actual actually functional and be able to move the body like they could have done it and it could have survived but they would have been paralyzed mm-hmm and wouldn't have been able to move their limbs because the force needed to sever between certain vertebrae and the spinal cord is too much using previous methods and it would have damaged it too much. And also the time it takes to, to do that process, they didn't really have a way of doing that without it damaging it further until recently. Mm-hmm. So in the thirties, <laughs> This would have been a big nope. (laughs) Well, I think Mm -hmm. this takes place before the 30s. I think even that, yeah. So they were 1800s, I believe. Very optimistic for it. (laughs) It did not, (laughs) it would not have worked. And using dead body parts that have been dead for a while, I don't care how fresh you got them, (laughs) they were in a crypt. (laughs) Yeah. So a lot of the parts that they were gathering are not so fresh. Yeah. And they likely would have been decayed beyond use and would have been rejected immediately, even if their scientific process actually did give life, (laughs) which electricity will move different parts of the body out of reflex and all it it would stimulate the muscles to expand and contract, but it wouldn't actually give life. Yeah. So big nope there. I'm also so confused about how the second scientist said that he was a philosophy doctor, but the philosophy doctor was able to create many humans and help on the experiment to create the female creature. Yeah. Yeah. That's a completely different field of study. Yeah. 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 The also just the many humans were a big no. I was so confused in that entire scene. (laughs) Just that's not how any of it works. And he's he was sitting there saying that he grew them like from a seed. Like plants, yeah. Yeah. That's not how it works. That's not how any of it works. That would um, be a good extra, though, watching them slowly grow, yes. like, him watering them every so often. And, <laughs> and then they just have these all different personalities and everything. Oh, my God. It's kind of like... Was a... it like the queen, the king? Yes. Yes. Various, like, what is this scene? The archbishop. <laughs> that reminds, it's kind of like they were grown like a Thumbelina, if you've yes. seen that movie. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it just, I don't know what they were trying to bring into it, but that's just, it was more confusing and detracted from the story more than anything. Yeah, and it's just like, he he took, he he just accepted it too much, like too easily. Like, even if you buy, he could do this, it's still a big step up to actually like create, you know. (sighs) He just accepted it. Like, this is, this is a thing that happened, and this is a thing that can happen. So. This is fine. And then the fact Uh, that he kept them in jars. Yes. Like, that's so morally Like, they'd be able to breathe. Yeah. You know. Or thrive. Uh, This is fine. Um, So he rants on fish tanks that are too small for that argument. (laughs) Just the logic that they seem to be acting like they're real like kings and queens and yeah. stuff like that. It wouldn't work like that, you know. They, no. They've literally just been created. They're, you know, how would he implant that sort of character into them? Yeah. No idea. Unless he had been doing this for <laughs> like several decades prior and taught them to act like that. So it just, yeah. it didn't make sense at all. There was also toward the end a scene where the second doctor is like, I have a phone you can use and brings out this box that's not connected to anything (laughs) and it's a wireless phone, (laughs) but it works. (laughs) I questioned that pretty hardcore Uh, (laughs) because while phones were a thing in 1935, even though the movie is, I believe based way earlier. Yeah. Yeah. They still didn't have wireless technology at the time. It would have had to have been connected to something. Yeah. So. Was it? I those... thought Frankenstein was in the Victorian era. I believe so. So phones wouldn't have even been a thing. But again, even but, if they were. But isn't that Victorian era like in the last half of the 1800s? So I'm assuming. Yeah. If it was, though, they wouldn't have had wireless technology, which is my point. Was this film in the fifties, forties, or fifties? Wasn't it this film? And but then obviously the original novel obviously dates further back. Well, it's like it was. It came out in nineteen thirty-five, but I'm pretty sure. Okay. Based off of like their clothing and the technology, it made it sound like it was supposed to be before the the thirties. Yeah. So if it was Victorian era, mm-hmm. that was 1837 through 1901. So Ha-ha! the latter half of it would have been there. But yeah. again, my yeah. point remains, they didn't have wireless technology. Yes, yes. Quit getting hung up on the other thing, Alyssa. <laughs> yeah, that was Alyssa. That was, I, I, I was nodding a while. Just so that so, way we have a clear, like, <laughs> distinction for the listeners <laughs> and myself. Okay. I think I'm pretty um, fair to both sides, too. Yeah. I'll even so, it up in a minute. Apparently, I, I just got a message from honorary tea sipper Chris. Uh, he's, he's, he's eavesdropping. That's not allowed. He's... <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the first cordless phone model to ever have existed was invented in the 1950s Man. by Thomas Carter. So that that idea was, you know, 20 years before 
15, 20 years before the actual thing was invented. So, no. (laughs) Then, how would they know to put it in the movie, then, if it hadn't even been, like... It was an idea. I guess. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't the phone. We've had ideas of flying cars for years, and we haven't created those quite yet. Yeah. (laughs) And spaceships. That's true. I we think I'll learn to drive if there was flying cars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the autonomous vehicles to come out. I'm excited about those. We don't have a spaceship that can get us to Mars safely yet. <laughs> yeah. But yes, those were the main things. The biggest thing was just the science behind all of it. It just wouldn't have worked. And even if, even if they were able to get a pulse and um, consciousness, which is no, the the creature wouldn't have lasted because mm-hmm. the parts were so decayed and likely different blood types and it would have just been completely rejected and they would have broken down. Yeah. So no. Plus I, I can't change my rating now. <laughs> Plus it's like I, I might can't have to change it to a two. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, twinsies. <laughs> Uh, come to the dark side Uh, but man it's like you know being brought back especially like under those circumstances i can't imagine like the suffering that that person probably would have to go through if for them to not like live that much longer you know well even if like in the movie they were able to continue on just fine with no issues even if they had the best possible optimistic outlook in their mentality Mm -hmm. um it still would have been extremely confusing and disorienting to be in an unfamiliar body yeah um you're likely a different height a different build Mm. and your limbs aren't going to work quite the same as you're used to not to mention the fact that every time you look in the mirror someone completely different is looking back yeah Mm. that's See, that's the real horror scenario yes. for me, is being uh, the monster. Stuff, yeah. yeah. Another, like, just on basic thing on realism is, also I thought it was really crappy the way they tried to restrain him. Like, the actual device, it was, like, really weak. It's like, yeah, it's like neck wasn't really attached properly, wasn't mm-hmm. really pinned. It was, like, a couple of, like, chains but i think they were further down the body so yeah he wasn't really crammed in very hard um and it was like (laughs) and then they just did that sloppy movie thing of walking away okay we'll come back later (laughs) and then and and then they're surprised when he escapes in in the next instance well you should have chained him in harder um (laughs) I, i know obviously you're gonna do feature from the black lagoon and there's even a worse example in that. Of, oh, no. You know, <laughs> well, no okay, spoilers. So we haven't seen it yet. <laughs> okay. so there's, there's even worse examples. <laughs> yeah. So in this one, though, like he was tied to a post when they were moving him and the ropes held him just fine. But chains yeah. didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> Is it what kind of ropes were they using? <laughs> But was he unconscious at that point? Because that might have made a difference. No, I think I not, think he was awake. Yeah, was he was he awake. awake. 
Uh, okay. But I think they also, were holding him down with pitchforks and things in the wagon. I think yeah. it also depends on the technology because, you know, you at that time period, I don't think they had as a pure of metal. So there's a lot of contaminants that maybe made the metal a lot weaker. And a rope in and of itself is pretty difficult. Like, I don't know if you've ever, like, wrapped your your hair and like like a braid or whatever that's going to be a lot stronger mm. than just like an individual strand and i can picture depending on the purity of the metal or how many contaminants the chains had it might be possible that the rope would be stronger but that would still like leave to question well why wouldn't they just tie ropes around him instead of chains also I would believe that also a little bit more if the ropes weren't rather loose. Yeah, they on were that post. Loose. Yeah, he could have shimmied out of it. To be yeah. perfectly honest, that's true. That is very true. So, <laughs> yeah, could could have gave them the middle finger on the way out. So <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Screw you. So, but. That's what I got for realism. Okay. We were able to to pull Keith to the dark side a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Change his mind. Yeah, like, probably for me, free was quite, you know, lenient, but it was probably a bit less than I would normally have, but... Yeah. I'm I'm harsh on realism, though, always. And entertainment, <laughs> though. Different, aren't they? Your entertainment and, tends to be pretty low. I'm just like, dang. <laughs> well, I mean, most of them are are kind of middle ground. There's, I reserve the high high ratings for the ones that I'm going back to every time if given the chance. Yeah, yeah. And we've we've watched some some not so great ones lately. <laughs> and I mean, for a first time watch, you know, I guess six out of yeah. ten is. A solid score. And- Especially for the time period that it was created. Mm-hmm. This was a good movie. And again, it has the potential of in the future of gaining higher ratings. But on a yeah. first watch, that's my first impression of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. It's like overall, I think that if someone has not watched this movie yet, that this isn't one to sleep on. Like, I, I think it is worth the watch because... Not only is the film itself good, but it's really cool to see how far we've come since then and how much influence we continue to take from these classics. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. So, but thank you everyone for joining us today and please comment on what you thought of the movie. And Keith is also bored now on YouTube, and I will leak, uh, link his information. <laughs> um, I will. He's gonna link <laughs> his <laughs> podcast information in the description below. <laughs> yeah, like okay, the first I did say link, but it just I didn't do the end like long enough. But the thought is like, let me. Uh, <laughs> clarify that one (laughs) but anyways if you'd like to recommend a movie game or tea and keep up to date with our content you can find us on youtube twitter instagram facebook tiktok and most places you listen to podcasts and if you'd like to support the podcast please subscribe like and share our content and keith's as well at board now and we will also have a teespring and paypal donate button available 
and our, of course, affiliate link with Plum Deluxe if you'd like to support us monetarily. And our affiliate link does not affect the price of the tea at all. It just allows us to continue to do what we love. You can find all the sites mentioned link below along with Keith's podcast down below. But until the next time, guys, stay safe and stay spoopy. Bye. Bye, guys.